This episode of From the Trenches is brought to you by Intuit QuickBooks Online. With QuickBooks Online Accountant and QuickBooks Tax, you can help your small business clients and lodge irrespective of what general ledger system they're using. Check it out at www.quickbooks.intuit.com forward slash au. From the Trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from Change GPS and we are brought to you by Change GPS. I'm joined here by my friend, my sparring partner, my my long-haired, I was going to say compatriot, but I can't boast that. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Meisner. Thank you very much, David. Hello, this is Hello All. Welcome back to, uh, hopefully, a good year, David, a big year, David. We've got we've got Summit making a uh, a successful return, hopefully, or a, or a return from an exceptionally successful debut uh and i don't know hopefully david we might you know see some tech this year that actually uh helps accountants rather than the rather than the marketing but we'll see hope springs eternal six years of doing this show and paul's hope for the year ahead has not changed I, I tell you what, we, we're going to put, we're putting together, you know, we're putting together a prediction episode. And, and I'll tell you what, as much as listen to this episode, but then also check out the prediction episode because dead set. I reckon 20 years of accounting, not much has changed, but we'll leave that for the prediction episode, David. We have, what have we got tonight? We have best and worst. We've got tech. We've got old, uh, old journal, old articles. We've got a bit of NFL. Mate, we've got a bit of everything. We've got a bit of everything coming up today. Because I think over summer, we just sort of sit there scrolling through, absorbing more media than we normally used to. We've become men of the world over summer. Uh, the world, the world is, uh, has gotten smaller. David, you've been, you've been hammering, hammering our uh, our message channel on the, on the trenches Twitter, just like randomly getting uh, lots of content Lots of content in. I have been following it. You've been, uh, you've been active over the break. I've been inspired, mate. Trenches Summit, everyone. Check it out. It's going to be the 25th and the 26th of May. It's going to be the biggest. It's going to be the best. It's going to be the best because you told us last time it was the best. We're going to do the same thing again. Link in the show notes for you to pre-register and keep up to date with that. Let's get on with the show, Paul. Best on ground. Absolutely. Uh, let me kick it off. NFL, we, we do like a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of leadership, a little bit of information uh, and, and examples. I think often the we get carried away with sort of what I would call fake leadership, you know, big in that, oh, look, I've raised money kind of leadership, aren't I? You know, like I'm, I, I always hate that kind of fake leadership. We, we, don't, we don't see a lot of actual uh, res- Excuse me, results-based leadership. Sean McVay, the winningest active NFL coach. There is a thread from David Klein on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure the links will be in the show notes. 35-year-old head coach of an NFL team, which is strange to do uh, to be as well. Three other current NFL head coaches have worked under him. It is just amazing. They he, This uh, Twitter thread outlines his... 
uh, principles for competitive greatness, talking about um, understanding an identity, character, consistency, and really setting um, uh, the way forward for process improvement. Uh, this guy's also, he, he's also uh, talk about innovation in new jobs that didn't exist. Uh, this coach is also so animated on the sidelines that the team have had to actually give him a bench coach. I think it's called, what was it? A pullback coach. Pullback coach. David, someone's, someone's job is to just lift him up and drag him off the field so that he doesn't interfere with the play or the umpires. But uh, but an exceptionally successful coach in a very tough industry that is normally uh, for people a lot older. The get-back coach is uh, the man supporting him. It's because he gets so intense and so focused on the play, he sometimes wanders off where he's supposed to be and onto the field of play. So the get-back coach pulls him back. And typically, as you'd expect, business just loves stealing great ideas from elite sport. I found an article, every organisation needs a get-back coach. It's like they just find something popular and then they just corporatize it and make it boring. Looks like what's happened here. I love these leadership principles because this is a bloke who's clearly done it and done it very well. And it stood out to me when I saw it as well, Paul, because it just looks so straight, hard but straightforward. I just like the way it's all articulated. It's a great thread that I've shared with everybody. You'll see it in the show notes. The thread actually outlines what his principles are. This is a guy who came up with the we, not me thing that you hear a lot of AFL footballers talk about, meaning it's about how our team performs, not how I perform, the priorities around the team and getting the best people in rather than me doing my best that I can do every single time. And just a fascinating tweet about competitive greatness. I think, David, I, th- I often think sport is under undervalued in the, um, I guess, the crossover lessons of, of running of running teams, uh, certainly high-performing teams of a sports field and whether or not that can be translated into business. There's another great example, not that we're making this about a sports show, uh, although we would be good at that as well, David. Um, Bruce Boudreau, who has taken over the Canucks ice hockey job this year, they were dead last in the rankings. He had the most unenviable job of trying to pick up this list who was just one of the most underperforming teams in the NHL uh, this year in Canada, uh, my team in the NHL. He he came in and some of the stuff he said, he's just so leveled in terms of his, um, the way he encouraged the players to, and he said a really interesting thing, which I think is really important in business too, is he said, everyone will make mistakes. If you make mistakes from Endeavour, then that's not a problem. If you make mistakes from not having a go or having a go that is against sort of the team ethos or or not in a team way, then they've got the problem. And it was really interesting because he's effectively turned that team around with what is no more than, I guess, an attitude change at the top. Very interesting. Well, thank you for that update on what Coach Borden Bombay from the original Mighty Ducks is up to these days. It's very good to know that he's thriving. But I fundamentally disagree that we don't learn enough from elite sport. I'll give you some examples. First of all, in Australia in particular, we idolise sportsmen. Anything that happens in Test Match cricket ends up at some corporate level in Australia. 
Well, I'll give you the best example, just in the accounting world alone. I posted on LinkedIn like a couple of years ago, I was talking about staff, our staff, our staff, and somebody picked up, oh, I like to call them our team. Now everyone's part of a team. You're all a te- It's all team members. Team is a sports phrase. It is, it is a sports thing that you use to describe a collective group of people working towards the same outcome. I reckon it's, I reckon it's like Australian leadership one is to copy stuff that we've seen in sports that we like. And I know personally the way I run our team, I think a lot about the coaches that I like and what they do and I listen to their press conferences and their philosophies and that seems to be where I get a lot of my ideas from. Fair enough. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Change GPS. Most of the people at GPS, I reckon three quarters of the people are doing different jobs than what they were hired for, which all comes from Luke Beveridge's idea that every player needs to play two positions. Ah. True story. There you go. It's good it to certainly helped. Certainly yeah. helped him. Right, what else you got? Best on ground for me is oh, I found a new accounting community, Paul. Guess where it is? Where? Reddit. Oh. Reddit. Remember last year I said I wanted to learn how to use Reddit? Hash yep. R forward slash Australian accounting is basically 2,500 people. It's been around since 2013, so reasonably established. And it's kind of grads and people early in their career asking career questions, looking for advice. It's fascinating. It's going to be a source of From the Trenches content for a lot of this year. But I picked up one thread from a week ago. It's the salary thread. Somebody's just asked, oh, these are all anonymous people. Thought I'd create a thread, get a feel for what the market's currently offering for Aussie accountants, if you could answer the following. So what they've asked is years of experience, current title and role, public practice or commerce, if public the size of the firm, um, the cost of your living area, low, medium or high, because that's sort of an indication of your wages. You know, if you live in Bondi, you'd expect to earn a high wage if you're a Bondi accounting firm. Current compensation, what membership body and average hours worked per week. And I found it fascinating because people have just dumped all of this info that otherwise is pretty private and personal. You don't really hear about it. So here's I'll pick a random one. Uh, Reddit use, I'm not going to name the names if you want to, you can go work it out if you want to. Uh, five years, senior accountant, working in commerce, financial services, uh, lives in high coal, uh, lives in a high cost of living area in Sydney, yep. 110 to 120K CA, works 38 hours off peak, 50 hours peak. So in commerce, that's about a week at the end of the month. And it just goes on and on with all this really interesting, and you know what my big takeaway was? There's some peak periods, but most accountants work pretty close to the nine to five. Yeah, I, think, yeah I, I mean, on this thread, it, it is hard. There's a mix of commercial and public practice. Yeah. <laughs> Some exceptionally funny names in here of the uh, of the of the users of the Reddit users. Um, oh, Ice creamy three seven four isn't a legitimate contributor because of their name. No, no, I'm not saying they're, they're dislocated femur. <laughs> just, yeah. just having a read. Okay. Uh, oh, look, I think um, it, it, we we often talk about this about. Uh, the boonish. Yeah, so this is a little bit more closer to probably a real world answer. You know, I think a lot of those we've talked about salary surveys before. You know, especially that, uh, that men versus women, the, the pay gap stuff. You know, there's kind of I guess a feeling in a lot of that that you sort of say, well, 
the blokes tend to over <laughs> over yes. overestimate or or uh, try to try to put a few extra bits on uh, and uh, uh, compared to women who might under undersell it or who might be a bit more realistic, a bit more honest. Um, you never know. I'm calling my out. I'm calling my out as fake news. Anyway, very interesting. There are some. There are some interesting Reddit themes. I wasn't sure Reddit's still alive. So there you go. You, I think it's pretty big. Some people. I knew it in a lot of other a lot of other spots. I'm not a not a big Reddit uh, Reddit user. Uh, what else have we got? Um, there was Wait, uh, pull one out here. The Boonish Brush Eight. I don't know who you are. I don't know who these people are. So it's pretty anonymized. Seven years at the Big Four. An associate director on two hundred and twenty grand a year. How many hours do you think they work in a standard week? No idea. Forty standard, sixty busy. Rubbish. I don't think you've ever worked forty hours. I reckon when you're on two twenty, an AD at a big firm, you're working more than that. Correct. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think that's uh, that doesn't make sense. But anyway, but that's all right. That's you know always one of those things. Uh, what have I got? Best on grab. Uh, very interesting, uh, Laurel and Wilson, uh, nice. from uh, America. She posted uh, very funny. She does some some great posts. She posted about the IRS roadmap. It was hysterical uh, just to see the level of all of the stages of a tax return going into the IRS. It was. Uh, it looked like a you know, London tube map, uh, David, in terms of preparation, processing, <laughs> screening, assessment, sorting the collections, um, litigation and appeals. It was uh, it, it was very interesting. It was, uh, it, it is for me, a, just a great visual representation of the complexity of dealing with government. Uh, but we're all going to be replaced by a robot, David, so it doesn't matter. Um, well, think- you know, accountants are dead. I think I've, I've been hearing that for, 20-plus years, um, I look forward to it happening one day. There's two stories here. The roadmap itself that some accounting body put together thinking it would make things easier. Honestly, reading legislation is easier than this attempt at a roadmap. But Laurel's presentation here is just hilarious. She she had me in tears watching this as she explained that but the insanity that this would actually help anyone. Tax is complicated. We need professionals. Laurel and Wilson CK on Twitter is one of them. So are you, Paul. Thank you for your service. <laughs> no worry. Uh, what else you got? What, what else you Well, before we get to that, a word from our sponsor. Intuit QuickBooks Online helps you create and send customized pay-enabled invoices that let customers settle up in seconds. This includes your accounting customers See when invoices have been opened and paid and send reminders to avoid late payments. Into your QuickBooks Online. Manage everything in one place. Interesting post on LinkedIn. From the trenches. Uh, sort of saying that um, accountants and accountants in, pre- in uh, commerce, uh, Tyler Kasky, who's a partner at the Bean Counters, who is a, what's the Bean Counters? I'm just going to look at this. An accounting firm in Sydney. Okay, the bean counters. System implementation, process automation, Power BI reporting, outsource CFO. So, yeah, in your book, that's probably bookkeeping call. Yep. Uh, 
He's put a post on LinkedIn. I've spent, I'm 42, spent 26 years of my life studying account. I've got all the conferences, do all the readings. He probably listens to From the Trenches, then if he does all of the stuff. If you're a CFO, I urge you to control IT and spend money on it. I usually spend three times what a normal CFO does. And he gives some examples, and this is fascinating. Make sure the printers work. Throw out servers that have downtime. Buy new laptops. Have spare laptops at all times in the offices. Replace on-premise systems with cloud. Hire cool IT people that can talk. They're pretty much rarer than senior accounts. Make friends with good IT providers. Throw away desk phones. Pay 50% of staff mobile bills. Pay 50% of home internet costs. And he goes on a few other ideas. In uh, Change Accountants and Change GPS, Timothy Munro is passionate about being personally responsible for everyone's experience with the IT that they use. And when he started doing it, I was like, mate, what are you doing this for? Like, we've got an IT team. We use Fresh Method as our outsourced IT. And he said, because this is what makes a difference to everybody every single day. This stuff has to work. We have brand new Dell 38-inch monitors. We've got the best of everything. It's all kitted out the office. Everyone's got fancy new Microsoft laptops because we, we needed more RAM because we're doing so much more video work. And they're both 100% right. It makes a huge difference to your staff and your team that they've got gear that works well for the purpose that they have. Now, should an accountant do it? Well, you can debate that if you want, but should the business owner who needs their staff to do their job well to make money want to care about this stuff in our industry? Yeah, you got me over the line on that one. I, you, you certainly, you've got to have gear that works. You know, I think it, there is a blurred line between now, especially for a lot of us who run our own businesses, is wanting the latest toy and then trying to justify it as, oh, you know, well, I need stuff that works. You know, do we really need that? third monitor or the you know the, the the replicated setup at every at every house or the latest keyboard but uh but certainly having gear that works is uh, especially with how much we're using them now you know i think that for me is the key I, I i roll my laptops over far more than you know probably a lot of people do but only just because of the amount of work they get done and and they do start to deteriorate in terms of speed do we, uh, that Metaverse junk post that we see, do we put that on Worst on Ground on this show? Uh, I don't know. We can add it to Worst on Ground. Oh, Metaverse. At the moment, it's pure junk, but uh, some people seem to think it's important. If you do it, you need to buy all this fancy gear for 3D visual stuff. What about developers, John, where he brought in his uh, AR headset and showed me how we can use change GPS in a virtual reality world? Oh, yeah. Was it good or was it? Probably a waste of time. <laughs> I just... <laughs> Why would you want to look at numbers in virtual reality? It's hard enough glaring at an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Well, I had so so David Tim twelve. Anyway, let's wait till we get. Let's get it in worst on ground. I want to tell you my my VR yeah. story because it, because it honestly it's about 10, 10 years old, eleven years old. Anyway, you ready? I got this one ready. Go first on ground. Hold on. Oh, we're here already. God, there you go. Ah, uh, segways, segways. Got to love the segways. Right, anyway, I, while we find the link, let's talk about it. Now, uh, I think there was an article was shared by uh, Blake Oldham. Blake? Blake Oldham. You can be uh, on the show. Uh, oh, there you go. Good. Um, on 
the need to yes and what is it virtual reality headsets and how you know like everything's going to replace accountants uh david that's just how apparently the world you don't write an article now unless unless uh unless there's an existential threat against accountants i think that whoever wrote the article was uh, quoted as saying if accountants want to get uh, if they want to be around in ten years, they need to understand this stuff. Virtual reality. I, I don't know about you. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know about you, but it, it, it hasn't kind of got much further in, I reckon, close to seven eight years that it's been around to being a gimmick. I mean, IPA had it at an accounting conference six years ago. Walk the plank. Have you seen a, a decent use case for it outside of just marketing? Uh, video games, shoot 'em ups, pretty good fun. I like those. Um, inside the accounting world, I think there's a place for AR eventually, you know, where you hold your phone up to something and more information is shared based on what you're looking at. Some people use that, but you know, accounts for what a decade will struggle to get clients to get to log on to a portal that has critical documents that they critically need. Or, and we can't get them to do that, but we're going to get them to join us in the metaverse somewhere. Look, if the clients are there, there will be an accountant who positions their firm around meeting their client in that space. And it's the early adopters, so the ones who are going to be there are probably going to be into crypto, they're going to be into NFTs, alternate investments. So there's going to be some account. But if the client isn't there, there's absolutely no reason for the accountant to be the person leading their space into the metaverse. Let, let the cutting-edge technocrats handle that. I'm happy to follow on that one. I, I tell you what, I tell you what was was funny. Did you see the uh, the Facebook or sorry Meta, whoever they are now, the video where they had the Mark Zuckerberg the his virtual reality avatar? My that look that was scary. That that was one of the scariest you know replications. Nobody likes those sort of uh, carnival street performer caricature kind of things. That was just something that you you seriously just don't want to show anyone. So I I don't know. Not not that I'm that pretty in real life, David, but I don't think I don't think I quite need the uh, the virtual reality caricature makeover. No, I definitely don't need that. Um, I'd like to put the slewing feature on it if I could. Maybe <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. Right. What else we got? Worst on ground. I'll tell you what. Uh, over summer, I was talking to a friend of mine who's pretty connected and switched on in Silicon Valley and venture capital land using all these business valuations of us humble accountants that are heavily trained in the stuff they understand. He said to me, There's, there are a group of investors out there who have a lot of money and they're happy to spend it to chase growth. And what that looks like is Receipt Bank giving out free scanners and iPads at a roadshow to trial Receipt Bank which we saw a couple of years ago. Oof. You see free demos. You see a lot of ad spend. This, this is costs that software companies incur in order to acquire their customer. Well, it has gone on and on and on. And I'll tell you what, an offer that I received this morning, it's just completely out there. Should I name the name of the company, Paul? I, I don't know whether, I don't know. Let's... Nah. Let's not do that. the offer. I don't. I don't want to talk. Let's not. People right. can reach out to you if they're really yeah, important. This is, and well, I want to help these guys because this is too much. 
And this was a private message to you. This what this wasn't. If it was an email blast or if it was a public offer, then I'd That's, say this is a sponsored LinkedIn offer. So they've paid LinkedIn to promote this to a group of people. Yeah, but it came through a DM. So I think look, let's not, talk about the offer. Don't name the name. All right. If I if I book a half hour demo, so half an hour of my time, I will get a free pair of Apple AirPods. How much are they worth? Two fifty ish. Two fifty. You see how I trailed at the end there because there's more. A two hundred and fifty dollar Amazon card and a seven hundred and fifty dollar pre filled, let's call it digital Mastercard. What's that? $12,300 so for a demo. That is, that's giving away. That, that, I mean, like, uh, cost to acquire, Dave. Oh. What's the cost to acquire of an accounting firm? Uh, Nought. <laughs> you got these, you, I always find this funny. You know, you got these startups just giving away ridiculous. I mean, that's up there with the most ridiculous amount of stuff. But, you know, let's look at historically the stuff we've had, David. I mean, we've been taken on. Junkets. We've had endless amount of bar tabs. We've had um, my my favourite. Well, how was QuickBooks? Took us to the VIP event. They had an actual camel there. Live out that camel. Yeah, I love the camel. You did love that. You did love that camel. Um, The you know certainly and and receipt bank decks. Call them what you want. Used to be used to be shocking at it too. That's requires just off the off the chart. But that's for media coverage. For us, that's for us to talk about being there and to talk about them on the show, which which is a reasonable exchange of value. I'm not entirely sure half an hour of my time's worth thirteen hundred dollars to this particular company. But good on maybe they've maybe they've identified you as a mover and a shaker. Oh, and they'll send them a proposal to advertise on trenches then. You can have a bit of a drink. Out. Yeah, I'm just I I have I've got so many LinkedIn messages. I must not have I must not have seen that one. I might have to. It jumps out. I, 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 I might I might have to I might have to search just to see in, whether I in amongst, anyway. the, in amongst the DMs for offshore developments and accountants. Oh mate, far how, out. How is that spell? You know what? It must work because it keeps happening. It is just it is it is trawling the net. I can, I honestly cannot believe Nick doesn't do it. How many notifications I get? It is ridiculous. Don't contact Paul if if you're a, an avid listener. That may not be news to you. <laughs> oh no, I don't time. necessarily. I don't necessarily write that. I'll connect with anyone. Um. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't uh, generally get back uh, to too many people. But anyway, but they can try. Worst on ground for you, Paulius. Full name? No, I Paul full name. I feel like Paul should have been a longer name. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Feel like too short. It's too short. Yeah, Australians short Paul. Don't know. Anyway, interesting, interesting. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so this this topic's come up quite a bit, David, and, and I reckon 2022 is time that we kind of address it. Seriously, anybody who puts out freaking ebooks or just general marketing content 
and can't differentiate between accountants and bookkeepers is just like for me, for everyone will just say, oh, look, it's just, you know, you're trying to, everyone can can benefit off the information. To me, that's BS. Like PI did it in this instance, you know, PI's fine, Beck is has been in practice, you know, has certainly priced accounting services. Um, you know, it has that practice side and also the, the the selling software side, which is fine. But a pricing guide for accountants and bookkeepers for me is just just shows that that you're not necessarily serious about the topic. It's just a marketing trawl for email addresses, which is fine. But call it what it is. You may as well not even bother having someone with any mouse write it, because uh, to me, you, you're not you're not taking it seriously enough because pricing bookkeeping services and accounting services is entirely different and should be treated like that. It's interesting when the um, for years you sort of people come out and do things for the accounting industry and somebody in the bookkeeping room say, oh, and bookkeepers and bookkeepers. I just want to get added on. And the problem with that is when you're an add-on, the stuff actually isn't written or designed for you. It's not actually that helpful. Uh, I don't think that the point of that was to be added on. It was more, hey, we need stuff as well and it's different. And I know wearing my GPS hat, we, this time last year, I think I announced that we were going to do, oh, oh, yeah, it was, but start of fair. We announced we're going to do change GPS for bookkeepers and I decided not to do it because it is fundamentally different. The stuff, there's some stuff that's the same, but the way that we would, I felt, we, we have a high service now. You know, every member gets an hour checking with their success manager's GPS. I don't think we could deliver that standard at the price point that we could charge bookkeepers. So we didn't do it because I thought that the markets was, were pretty different. I think, you know, if you, that, that call, the end bookkeepers call is about do stuff with bookkeepers as well. The flip side is bookkeepers, if that's what you want, you need to understand you're going to have to pay for it because it's not cheap to deliver. And I, I don't think you want to pay for it because the bookkeeping business model doesn't make enough compared to accounts. I, I just think I just think in terms of the industry, David, there's not enough. There's not. I've said this about technology for years, not only in their marketing but also in their products. Like, who's your product for? Oh, everyone, like every accountant, oh, and that includes bookkeepers, and that includes I don't know corporate accountants as well. And I, I don't know. We're just using the word accountant. Like we we just need to try to cover as many people rather than understanding who would use it. I mean that that's been my point with. Um, you know, with Receipt Bank for a long time, like they weren't after everyone, and and to me, spent <coughs> excuse me an awful lot of money chasing accountants, which for what I I really felt was would have had a lot of success in the bookkeeping channel, and then almost deliver that into accounting firms through the bookkeeping channel, where you're going to have wins. Um, with people who are already of that mindset. You know, I just feel like there's not enough of that. I feel like accountants and bookkeepers is like nobody understands the term or the roles. Uh, this is, I think this is the moment where I stop talking, Paul. Well, I'm just saying, there's, look, I tell you what, there's also about 16,000 bookkeepers and about 50,000 tax agents. Seriously, I don't even know why they get that much airtime. I love Zealy. But I tell you what, oh, yeah, sure. Well, I, I think the um, the role of marketing, a major part of marketing, is identify what segment you want to be delivering your product to. If your marketer hasn't been able to do that, you've got to question the quality of them. 
And, and, and the amount that these marketing teams, you know, I've always had a hate-hate relationship with these marketing teams for, for software, particularly small software. But if they, if they can't demonstrate that fundamentally they don't understand the market, how the heck are we supposed to take them seriously when they tell us about what we should do yeah, you know, I actually with, think, with our businesses? I think the market ends up deciding. I think they either grow and, they, and their, their business performs really well and outperforms their competition or they don't and they don't win the market. Or they bring clients on because the marketing's really slick and then they churn out on the other side because the product doesn't do what they need. It's like I actually think market forces over a period of time level out and you end up with winners and losers. Totally. I just think they'd do better if they understood the difference between accountants and bookkeepers and different size of accountants and the different size of small business. But next worst option is me. I don't I don't know. I don't know, you know, like know your client. See know your customer seems to be an obvious thing, you know, but it just seems to be getting they just get it wrong consistently. Uh my next worst on ground Paul. Patrick Colson is the founder and I think CEO over at Stripe, a global, yeah, he's a Stripe CEO, global payments company, probably one of the biggest emerging. We use them. I think a lot of accountants use them, particularly with zero invoicing. There's a nice tidy integration there. Uh, and he sort of shares 39% of Stripe's hiring was outside the Bay Area and Seattle, which is the East Coast America. Last quarter was 74%. I think the rate at which tech industry is going global is still underappreciated. What? What? The rate? Read this again. The rate at which tech industry is going global is still underappreciated. Did these guys actually think they could sit in their tiny little cul-de-stack and run global companies that were displacing finance systems all over the world just by hiring people who could afford to live in the Bay Area? How's the arrogance? That is phenomenal. That is like, you know, when you think of the worst of the worst American arrogance, like the really cynical stuff, that's it. How's this a surprising trend for this bloke? Uh, look, uh, the, 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 the quest for talent is, it, it has been there. I'm surprised. I mean, this post was, you know, 11th of Jan 2022. Like, to me, this seems like a post that was easily from 2020 or like even 2018. I mean, we mean the tech oh, side of things. Do you, know, do you know who jumped on this Twitter feed as well? Brian Chesky, the co-founder of Airbnb. The company who's literally disrupted global property is surprised that they're now hiring outside of two cities. And what is for all of the genius of these people? How short-sighted were they on this trend? I think the trend was there for, for a long time. I mean, there, there's been a real um, fight for talent. And I think, yes, we've certainly gone gone away from – I mean, talent's not geographical, right? I mean, I think it's – you can do your job from anywhere now and, and you kind of will. Um, you know, I, globally, there is a massive talent shortfall. Um, I think it's surprising that that – sort of tweet came in 2022, not 2018. I think it's a, a, a desperate problem in Australia that we have more money than brains. There's more cash in banks than there is talented people to be employed. I think that's a big problem for Australia, but we'll do that in another show maybe, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what else we got? 
Uh, look, there was, I mean, there was some small worse, but it really, look, it's, you know, it's, it's early in the year. We don't need to. Um, uh, what was it? You Yeah, there was a, an, an article from 2014 about that. Does Australia have too many accountants? I mean, look, I, I really think there was, I mean, that's out of the AFR. Oh, sorry, uh, Sydney Morning Herald. Um, they've not, not understood the definition of accountant for a long time. Um, you know, and that was more an article about students than it was. Uh, but I mean, it, is, it is interesting to even, you know, what's that eight years ago uh, that we're talking about, does Australia have too many accountants? Like, it, it, seriously, these, uh, you, you know, headlines and beating up on the accounting industry has been for a long time. There is an interesting chart in it. As at 2012, domestic student accounting uh, intake was down 20%. Overseas students were up 496% from 2000. Totally. I think this, you know, might be the origin. That's part of the problem that we've got now. Well, I mean, it would also be nice if since 2010 that we haven't talked smack about the accounting industry not existing beyond well, five I agree. years. I mean, we've consistently it's been saying that for 20 years. To be. Well, but that's fine if the innovation has delivered even a fraction of the impact. I think it's a whole show in that. That's part of it. I think just in general... If you're a left, if you're a left brain person, you're going to make a choice to go into tech where you can earn twice as much and get a slice of the pie earlier in the year. Why would you go to accounting? I've got answers for it. It's part of the purpose of your life. Accounting actually helps people a lot directly, but that's a, that's a separate thing. My my final worst on ground, Paul. The Great Resignation is fake. It is the most clickbait thing Australia's done in years because the Great Resignation is an American phrase and it, it originally was talking about people quitting crappy, low-paying jobs for big corporate America who didn't care about them because throughout the pandemic they reassessed what was important with their life. And it turns out working 70-hour weeks for like whatever their minimum wage is, it's nothing, it's like $7.50 an hour or something, isn't worth missing out on seeing your kids grow up. They just work that out. That is not the problem the accounting industry faces. That is, your staff aren't leaving. Your white-collar Australian staff who've been working from home for two years in the most advanced cloud accounting industry in the world, it, it is not the same circumstances leading to the Great Resignation. Accounting staff are genuinely thinking, what do I want to do with my life? How can I best do it? Can I work the way I want to work? They've been thinking that for what, six years since cloud accounting really started to become mainstream and, and you could call Myers and Combi Band work from anywhere. This has been around forever in Australia. It's just we've got this pent-up. People haven't changed jobs for two years. So it's all happening all at once. Look, I think that the, you know, the great resignation certainly is a bit more, you know, scare tactic marketing. You made a very good point in the pregame. I mean, what, what sort of platform was this? Hey. The, the, the star economist supporting this is some LinkedIn economist who says 46% of people in Australia are planning on, on changing jobs. Half the workforce is going to change their jobs. The economy will collapse with that much knowledge leaving 
businesses. That's rubbish. Why would LinkedIn peddle that? Well, they've got some study somewhere that does it. They make their money off training and job ads. That's go long on LinkedIn if you believe that's true. If you think 50%, almost 50% of Australia are going to change their jobs, go buy your LinkedIn shares. Go buy Seek shares. It's going to go nuts. Yeah, I mean, look, exactly. that's not financial. You, you, you've, also, you've always got to be careful about, you know, about who's pushing it. I, I think two things, though. One is the um, certainly I think there's been a move to, uh, uh, you know, working to live, not living to work. Um, a little bit more people are taking uh, a little bit more time for themselves, not sort of saying that, well, I'm not going to fog myself with a job for a while. I think also the basically, let's call it near, um, full employment um, with unemployment being just so low um, and the fight for staff driving up wages. I think that also contributes to the job movement. But somehow, you know, to make it this sort of existential threat about everyone, you know, 50% of the workforce is going uh, is gonna to move is just, yeah, it's just silly. Doesn't and, pass and we haven't seen it play out, right? Yeah, I haven't seen it play out. Now, what's next? I think that's it. I'm tired. <laughs> well, I, mate, I think that's I think that's a good one for the first one. Let's not, you know, let's not get into the waffle, mate. We got we're going to release a, a prediction show as well. Those are also uh, very interesting. Um, but it's strap in. It's going to be a uh, a big year. Thanks, QuickBooks, for having us. Hosting us and everyone else. Thanks for your have time. A, have a great week. See you in Trencher Summit. Bye. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at PaulMeissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar.